to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. I say that every week, but I mean it. Um, my good friend Sam is on the line today. It's just me and Sam. Sam, what's up? You know, there's a lot of things that are up. Mm-hmm. Um, the sky, the trees, the bees. We have a lot of bees that are up at our church. Actually, Would you say the birds and the bees are both up? We're not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> this is a family show. Everybody <laughs> says that, even if it's not. Listening. Uh, no, we um, we had, I forget if I've even mentioned this on the podcast, but we, we had about 50,000 bees living in our church and we had to, three different colonies, we had to remove them. So, in the church, in the building? Yeah, in the walls. Yes. I didn't know that. We, we had a bee hive. Is that what you call them? Yeah. Um, a bee colony or beehive. Yeah. Yeah. On a pole right next to our playground down in Texas, we had to deal with. So when you live when you live in Florida, you will get termites. It's just a matter of when it happens, and you're going to deal with wasps and bees and all sorts of fun insects and critters, and alligators. As, as they say, out your way. All these critters. Yeah, and iguanas falling from trees in the winter, and we don't have we don't have iguanas here, but they do. Y'all are to north. What's, we're a little, just just far enough north, uh, which we're still Southwest Florida, but yeah, we're we're not quite in Iguana territory. They they have those in Miami. Yeah, if you are a listener who has never been to South Florida, um, it sounds crazy. Like you know how like wherever you live, listener, how there's squirrels running around everywhere. Like you just walk out and there's a squirrel, right? That's what iguanas are like in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, that area. It's insanely weird, and I'm talking huge lizards yeah. just standing there, like four or five of them, or you just walk around the corner and seven of them run. Um, you ought to just go to experience that. I well, think and, and we have lizards here. We don't have the iguanas, but we, we do have, I mean, in, when it's summertime, you can't walk on the sidewalk without like squishing them because they just, they're just everywhere. Yeah. And that's another thing down there. When I went down to Fort Lauderdale, the uh, iguanas were everywhere, but there were other large lizard, reptile, dinosaurs running yeah. around we, ha- we have dinosaurs here yes josh you do y'all do <laughs> insane with your dinosaurs hey good the rest good of segue. civilized kinda, america killed off dinosaurs it's kind of sad it's kind of sad that the dinosaurs are extinct and that's what we're talking about today sadness i am i am the of the three of us and wherever mike is i don't know but uh i'm by far the worst at segways you're you're the best you're the best mm. so that was um, not, that was not is it raining there i was gonna talk about how it's raining here no no no, it's, it's we're out of season. We're, we're, we're rainy season has ended here. Let's talk about sad pastoring. Sad, yeah. What do you do when you're sad and you still have to shepherd your church? And let, let's just clarify here: we're not talking about depression. That's a whole other topic. Although they go together in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, depression is a very real issue, and people need to seek help for that. And there's nothing wrong with seeking out help for. Um, depression issues. I'm. What we're more talking about here is just being down, being having a season of sadness. It could be. It could anything could be the catalyst for this. It could be a family issue. It could mm-hmm. be a church issue. Um, it could be uh, just something that you're going through. You know, it could be a financial problem. And and you are you're low. You're in the valley. You're sad. 
um, you still have to lead your church. You still have to get up and preach, and you still have to, you know, tackle all the things that need to be done. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know that we've ever talked about this. I don't know that many people talk about it, so we, we are today. No, you don't really talk about it. We don't commonly talk about it. Just like the last episode when we were talking about extroverts and the challenges of being an extrovert or the the negatives. Um, and, and just to, you know, circle back with what you're saying with depression. Look, if everybody goes through seasons of sadness, I think. I've known some people that it doesn't seem like they ever do, but um, I think everybody does. If the sadness stays around for a very long time or if it's hard to function um, with your normal, like you don't want to eat, um, you can't laugh or you can't feel empathy or, or, or um, joy in any way. That's something that I would like, I'm begging you to go get, um, go talk to somebody about. Um, yeah. Seek out counseling, seek out professional help. There's no shame in that whatsoever. Not at all. It is a, it is a common thing. Uh, so yes, let's, let's get that out up front. Um, you know, mental disorders, uh, mental, uh, illnesses, uh, you know, depression issues. And I know that all of those things are not the same thing, but they're in this kind of big, broad category. Please seek out help. You don't have to walk this road alone. Right. And while we're saying that, look, um, as part of our extended family, we have a service that you can call free confidential, um, Pastor Caroline, one eight four four Pastor one P A S T O R, the number one, one eight four four Pastor one, and like I said, that is um, it's it's sort of a extension of focus on the family. It's free, confidential, dedicated helpline for pastors, and so that may be a place to start. And I, Sam, you you may know you don't have to be Southern Baptist or even Baptist to call that. Just, just they the would they will help anybody. Yeah. That I'm sure they're not going to check your. They're not going to check credentials if you call the hotline. Yeah, your ordination. You. Um, but, okay, so sad seasons. I'm in a sad season today. Yesterday and today, I've, I'm kind of like borderline sad, a little bit angry, those kind of things. I think and me too. And too. that's why we decided to talk about this. Yeah, we're going to sit in our misery um, <laughs> <laughs> and laugh at ourselves. Well, mine, mine's, mine's several things. You know, we're, you know, we're in a worship pastor search, you know, and that's, you know. It's exhausting. It, it, it feels like it's dragging on, um, although it's, you know, we're making progress, but it's it's just this lull uh, that, you know, everyone feels. And it, that's a completely understandable emotion. Uh, and I've got a lot of things going on with my foster son as well. We foster. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I, I am fine and I know I will be okay. But yeah, it's just one of those seasons where you're just like, man, what a drag. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're going to have these seasons of sadness. I, I think uh, you and I were talking pre-show um, when we're, you know, going through all of our production meetings. Um, just about some of the things we're Extended production meeting, yeah. I think, um, you know, for me, it's just happened. It's just like building up. Uh, you know, the seasons did change and that affects you emotionally when – Time change, things get darker, it's rainy, all that kind of cold. You know what? There was, yeah, we are recording this right after the move back to standard time. So, the seasonal affective disorder is a very real thing. It's a real thing. Um, I went through 23 days with my truck in the shop, which sounds really stupid and silly, and it is, but there's inconvenience to that. It's like, I can't tell you how many trips I made to the mechanic and sat there for an hour and a half just to hear, no, we didn't do anything today. Um, so... That kind of just that disruption of my um, regular schedule, you know, like any 
infant, I need a very regular schedule and uh, my nap times and stuff. And all that kind of got disrupted. And then there's some church stuff, to be honest with you, just leading committees is difficult. It's a challenge. Um, and, and so I don't know who needs to hear that as a listener, but hey, we're dealing with that too. You know, just you're leading. And there's nothing wrong. I love the people on the committees. It's just the collective committee. Sometimes it's hard to lead. You don't know how to do it. You don't know how to love them. You don't know how to encourage them in that way. So, that's right. Hard. And, I, and I, think I think there is something, something that well, I, know I know that there's, there's this, this unique, unique aspect of church leadership. leadership. Um, um, you're not, not a CEO, CEO uh, nor should you treat your church, church that way. way. Um, um, you, you, don't you don't own, own the company. company. You're not you're the not owner. Um, and by the way, for the most part, you're dealing with volunteers. This is a nonprofit organization. So these aren't your employees for the most part. Um, so there's a unique aspect of leading the church and you, you throw in the whole theological concept about the church being the body of Christ and shepherding, um, and the need for accountability within the church. It, it is harder to quote unquote, get things done quickly in mm-hmm. most churches. And I think certainly the case for most of our listeners, you've got, yes, committees and teams and processes and uh, systems. And, you know, sometimes they're, you know, too much. And, you know, the bylaws prevent you from really doing what you need to do. But that in and of itself, just leading in that kind of environment, even in a healthy church that has good systems, it can cause you to feel low and sad because you don't feel like you're making the progress that you need to make. So I think even the structure of the church, even the structure of a healthy church can can bring you down a little bit because you 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 likely want to move faster than you should. Um, and that can be that can be that can be tough. You can wake up in the morning and go, man, I just haven't done what I think I needed to get done. And that can bring you down. Right. Because like you're saying there, we're a family. The church is a family. It, and so it moves like a family, uh, slow, relationally. And yet we're not CEOs. But some of us have staff. Uh, we have insurance premium things to worry about. We have uh, end of your budgets. You know, there is a what I call the church business that you got to do as well as the Absolutely. church shepherding. And you get caught in between sometimes where you feel like, is this a business decision I need to make or is this a shepherding decision? Am I dealing with this person as a professional or am I dealing with this person as a brother or sister in Christ, always both, but sometimes one stronger than the other. So, and, and you feel you know, like we always talk about, you want to be a people pleaser. We want to please people, both the good side of that and the bad side of that, but it's, it's tough, you know, like, uh, yeah. And I really think that a lot of pastors, I know I feel this when it comes to the business side of the church, because while I would say you're not a CEO, don't treat your church that way. There are business decisions that, business decisions that do need to be made. Mm-hmm. Things like insurance, for instance. I mean, you wouldn't sit down with your family, you know, your wife and your children, your husband and your kids and, um, and just say, well, we don't need to worry about this paperwork. We're just a family. We're going to handle this like a family. No, you as even as a family unit, you're going to make a business decision about the best insurance, about the way to do your retirement. I mean, you're going to you're going to be very um, diligent in those matters, and you're going to make sure. You may even get a lawyer to make sure that a certain contract is in order. And so, even within you know, you do that within your family. You're going to do it in the church too. There are business decisions that need to be made, and they need to be done well. Right. But then at the same time, you've got people kind of pushing you in the other direction, saying, "Don't, don't, you know, 
it's not all about the business. And you're, yes, I agree, but we have to make some of these decisions and we have to make them well. And it is a very difficult balance sometimes. And, it, and sir, I'm sure our listeners can relate to this because there's certain churches where this is very hard. And there's a lot of churches that aren't used to this, particularly smaller churches that may have been you know, family-run churches for a long time. They're, they're just not used to that kind of thing. And, and when you get caught in all of that, it can certainly produce a level of sadness. You know, one of the things that I get caught up in when I struggle with this is a guilt. I feel guilty when I'm sad or angry or upset. Um, and, and, and some of it has to do with, like, if I'm when I preach, if you've ever heard me preach, um, Almost always, there's a funny story in there. That's just kind of my personality. If we're just talking at coffee, I'm going to be telling stories. That's the way I am. So that's the general perception of me, like lighthearted, um, look at the world kind of in a funny, peculiar way, right? Well, then when I get into these moments, days of feeling frustrated or sad or overwhelmed, you know, you feel like, like I'm not very funny. I don't want to be funny. I don't think that this is funny. And so like doing things like where I go into my office and shut the door or office off campus to other people, that feels like a very big switch. It feels like, oh man, he's really, really upset when I really could just be just sad. And that's frustrating to me and guilty because I don't want them to burden. I don't want them to shoulder any of this. Like I'll just go through this. You don't feel sad or upset or messed up by this. But they do because either they care or there's insecurities. There's all sorts of things there. And so I always feel guilt if other people begin to feel that. Like, I don't want to talk to my wife about this. I don't want to talk to other staff people, even the other pastors, you know, that are supposed to shoulder this stuff for me or with me. Um, I don't want to because I don't like other people shouldering my frustration, you know? Yeah. And so I struggle with the guilt on that. And so that makes guilt, my sadness worse. Guilt for any number of reasons reasons can lead to sadness. But let me cut right to the thing that makes me most sad. Okay. And then you can give your answer. The thing that makes me most sad is when people leave the church for reasons that you don't think that they should leave. Um, that always makes me sad, particularly when they are misinformed about something. And you may not even be able to tell them what the real story is because, you know, in confidentiality or just protecting the church, you can't say because you know if you say it's going to do more damage than good. Mm. And people leave over, you know, over things without knowing the full story or they leave without even talking to you. They leave without sitting down. Uh, you get a message and it's just like, hey, we're out. And you're just like, oh, man, but if only you would, hey, can we talk about this? And they, they don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, or you just hear through the rumor mill that, hey, they're over at, you know, church down the road. That always makes me sad. Um, and I know that that's part of shepherding and people are going to be people and those things are going to happen. And some people feel like they're justified and sometimes they are. Uh, there are certainly good reasons to leave a church. Um, but, you know, more times than not, I think it, you know, it just makes me sad to hear if, if especially if they're misinformed and I know that they're misinformed, that, that, that's such a burden, that's such a weight on me because I know that hopping around like that causes way more spiritual damage than people realize. They think that the answer is just going someplace else and they're really just running from things. And, it, and I know that it's going to hurt them in the long run too and hurt the church. So yeah, that always makes me sad when, uh, when I hear about stuff like that.
Yeah, that never happens to me where people leave my church. So I've I've not experienced that. But um, I'm kidding, Sam. Um, the part that we, we all know that either you're kidding or lying, <laughs> uh, and I'm glad to hear. I that only you're pastor kidding. rapidly growing churches. <laughs> the um, problem, the the thing that makes me sad is when I perceive that someone is hurt or bothered or inconvenienced or something by me. Mm. And most of all, when they didn't even understand, like, I didn't say that. Like, when I find out that so-and-so said something to me and that hurt my feelings and because you said it this way or you did something. And then when I finally hear that and it went through four or five people um, and then it gets back to me and I said, I didn't say that, you know, like, and I can, and this happens all the time because people talk and I say, I didn't say that. I didn't even mean that. I didn't like what I did say was this. And then they're like, oh yeah, that's not bad. Well, now I am burdened by the other five people and whomever they're talking to about like the bad thing that I did that hurt all of their feelings, you know, and that just, it frustrates me. And it also just makes me sad because I don't want them to be hurt in any way, but yeah, I've, I've experienced experienced that that as well. well. I I talk talk a lot. Right. Uh, which is good for podcasting. Sometimes it's bad for relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good for preaching. Sometimes it's bad for, for, uh, for leadership. Pastoring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for pastoring. Yeah, I talk a lot. And sometimes I talk when I'm tired. Sometimes when I talk when I'm thinking out loud because I don't really think without talking. I'm an extrovert. I'm an extreme extrovert in that way. Um, and what that means is sometimes I'll say some really dumb things and I won't know that I'm saying them. And every now and then a dumb thing that I say will be taken the wrong way and I'll hurt somebody. I am totally with you there. And you won't even know it. You won't e- I mean, because I'm just chattering along, having a good time talking about whatever I'm talking about. And little did I know that one comment that may not have even been directed at somebody, they may have just overheard it as they walk by, it hurt. And yeah, those things pain me, they sadden me. I, I want to correct them. Often you don't get the chance to correct yourself because people don't talk to you and that makes me even sadder. Mm-hmm. It's like, I would be glad to apologize. I just didn't know. Um, yeah, that half-baked thing where you, what I call talk process, like I talk it through. Um, sometimes I'm talking to you know, several people about an idea and then it got, it causes confusion because I, I say half baked ideas out loud. It's not even hurt. I don't, I didn't say anything wrong or mean. I was thinking that at the time, but then other stuff happened and we get moved. So, all right. So as are you saying you're half baked, I'm half baked, man. Um, let's see, not in the Florida sense of the word, but in, <laughs> uh, just we're about halfway through the show. And I think that some people would be like, are y'all just going to sit here and talk about your problems? Well, no, we're about to this shift is, this gears is our here count- just a second. Hey, listeners, this is our counseling session. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're listening to this, I'm thinking that a lot of you sometimes think that, and I get this impression sometimes when I meet you out in public, which I love doing, by the way, so make sure that you come up and say hi, is like, oh, you guys, y'all just, y'all's churches are perfect. Y'all have got all this settled. You know exactly what to do. Sometimes we'll get calls and be like, hey, man, I'm dealing with this. And, and my response is, goodness, that's a huge problem. Like I have no idea what to do with that. Right. You know, so I think I just want to let you know, like, Hey, we're all on this together. We're in this kind of boat together. So. Yeah. And a lot of, and and we, all three of us deal with major issues in our church. Um, But because we want to protect our church, sometimes we can't 
say exactly what's going on because this is a public podcast and it's a public forum and things don't need to be said publicly. So even on this podcast that we try to be as open and real and try to give you as many examples as we can, there are certain things that we have to hold back in terms of sure. problems within our own church because it's this isn't the right forum. Right. And it would be wrong of us to say something. So, yeah, let's just get this out there and say a lot of the issues that you're dealing with, pastors, church leaders, we are too. So, like the people who come to our offices, we know what we're supposed to be doing, how to get out of the sadness. Um, how, how, what, what do you think? Let's throw some practical things out there. I think we've kind of mentioned one of them is just recognizing some of the um, outside forces that kind of will lead you to – like seriously, the weather change, um, weather change or time change, people tend to feel kind of down in those situations. So acknowledge some of that is just just outside perspective, right? It's just rainy. So I think that's helpful sometimes to go, you know, yeah, the, uh, this ain't so bad. The weather just changed. That kind of thing. I think that's a beginning step. What else? Yeah, I, th I think those are good first steps is just recognizing things. Um, and, you know, this is also a case where you really need somebody outside of the church and somebody inside the church. Uh, and, I, and I know that's, you know, every time I say this, people say, well, it's it, I'm, I'm at a church where I don't have anybody. Mm -hmm. And I get that. But um, at least somebody on the outside that you can call. I've got several mentors that... If I need to, and I have before, I just, I just gotta just vent. I just gotta, for me, it, the sadness it expresses itself more as a venting and, instead of the Eeyore syndrome of, oh, woe is me. I just, I'm kind of visceral and I'm a fighter. Um, so I tend to be more on the vent side of things. I need, I need people I, I just gotta vent to. Mm -hmm. And that helps. Um, but it, boy, if you could have somebody on the inside of the church that knows you and can feel that with you and walk with you, even better. Um, so I've got a couple people here at West Bradenton that I lean on, uh, just to, man, they're awesome. Two deacons actually. And they are amazing. Uh, and they know that sometimes when I say things that it, <laughs> they're going to be like, Sam, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> We're going to get, I mean, and they're there for me. Um, so I think that that's the next step. And then obviously if you get to the point to where this is more of a burden than it really should be, you, you need to seek out counseling. You, you need to go talk to somebody that's a professional um, even before it becomes, you know, depression or, you know, a, a major issue, head it mm -hmm. off at the pass. Yeah. Um, I love what you said there with the venting. I'm that way too. And recognizing that sometimes you feel anger and sadness. It's all mixed up together. It's the same soup. So, um, I messaged the guy first thing this morning and I was like, I'm in one of those, I quit days. Um, and you know, some of my church members listen to this. A lot of my staff listen to this and, you know, just here, just peek behind the curtain here. I quit like 80, I've quit this ministry like 400 times um, in my last 20 years of ministry. I've quit like 400 times. I think all of us are just like, I'm done with this. Um, I don't know what else I'm going to do, but you know, you just kind of stomp out, you know, like when you're a kid and you run away and you just end up at the stop sign. That's uh, <laughs> that's the feeling I have a lot of times where I'm just like, I'm done with this. So I text a buddy of mine and I told him that. And he's like, do you want to vent? And I was like, I don't have time to. <laughs> like, And that's part of the problem. Um, so, you know. Um, I've got too many meetings today. I don't have anyone to yell at. <laughs> which is scary sometimes because, and that's maybe the next step is here, is you've got to, friend, you have got to man up enough to walk into a meeting with a member or another pastor or a, a, like a merchant or a vendor or something and not vent on them. Like, 
that's a hard thing to do, but this is not an easy calling. So I know that we'll like, well, I'm just in a bad mood today. So I might just take it out on the next member that walks through that door. That is a bad idea. Yeah, you need to don't, yeah. don't take your problems out on your church. Sure. Don't do that privately with individuals. Don't do that publicly from the pulpit. That is by when you're sad and when you're down venting like that or expressing yourself in ways that you shouldn't is one of the worst things that you can do. You're only going to send yourself into a vicious cycle. Right. And so you can, it'd be better to just go ahead and journal it out, or it's even better to just postpone the meeting. Just say, Hey, some stuff has come up. And I know a lot of us don't like to do that because we might disappoint them, blah, blah, blah. But this is better. Say stuff has come up. I'm going to have to postpone the meeting for a day or so. Um, I'll get right back to you. So sorry. And just, you, you know, and that's a valid thing. So 20, uh, 24 hours. Yeah. This is one of the best things you can do. You're upset. You're sad. Maybe even angry. And like you said, it's all kind of the same soup, um, which is a good quote, by the way. Um, <laughs> give yourself 24 hours. Sleep on it. Don't respond to that email. Um, you know, I, I don't even write up. I, people say I'll write up a draft and then I delete it. I don't even do that. Um, if that works for you, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know, you don't want to accidentally send something um, that you typed up. So, I mean, <laughs> if you do it, don't type it in an email, type it in a Word document or something like that, or, you know, some other mm-hmm. word processing software and, you know, put it on your desktop only be de- to be deleted the next day. Don't put that in an email because that send button, sometimes you hit it by accident. Yeah, have um, it. Um, you can journal it too. And journal it. Say. Yeah. There's, I mean, and keep those journals obviously under lock and key if they're, you know, very, very private, but yeah. Uh, yeah, wait 24 hours. If you Do can something. read my handwriting and my moleskin, then then you are you, you can you can read Egyptian hieroglyphics. Yeah, if, if you if you can read it, then you deserve to know. Um, <laughs> yeah, then you crack the code. Um, I think here's another thing that I've always found helpful. Already tried some of this this morning. Is um, not only do you need to vent to the other person, Sam. Let me vent just a minute ago, um, but also reach out. One of the the disciplines I have is when I'm feeling this way. Find somebody to help, Um, like call another, maybe a a pastor friend or a church member or something like that, that you know is kind of struggling with something or dealing with something and you call them and you don't tell them a thing about your problem at all. Nothing. You don't even allude to it. They'll be like, hey, how's your day going? It's it's great. Um, But I called to say like, uh, you know, how's that thing going that you're going through? Or do you want to just talk to me about it? Because A, you'll realize there are more problems than just the ones you're dealing with. A lot of times you'll realize how blessed you are. And what what number one, number next, you are going to also realize, um, or there is a spiritual aspect to, I think, a blessing in caring for other people, um, of looking after the other person, of putting other people before yourself. That really frees you from just the the muck and the mire that you're sitting in, looking around and going, oh, I don't like this. I'm Woe is me. Um, and you step up and say, you know, no, I'm in a position where I can help somebody I'm going to. And that's a good thing. One so. of the great antidotes to sadness is serving. Mm. Um, uh, and, you know, we see this example in Christ. Yeah. You know, Christ, Jesus himself uh, wept. John eleven thirty five. 35, everyone loves the shortest verse in the Bible when they're doing scripture memory. Uh, but the shortest verse in the Bible is one of the most powerful. And it, what it shows us there is Jesus weeping. And right before that text, it says that he was angry, you know, but it's enraged really is the word in the Greek. So he's got this 
mix of emotions that he's going through. Um, but what, what I believe John 11 really tells us in that story of Lazarus and the resurrection of Lazarus is that God is emotionally invested in you. Mm. Christ himself is emotionally invested in, in you and he cares and he's been there. Um, so, don't ever lose sight of the fact that your emotions are your emotion. You're going to experience sadness. Just because you're experience, experiencing sadness doesn't necessarily mean that it's sin. It just could be sadness and Christ himself has been there. So, um, and he's right there with you and God is, you know, through the emotions, God is emotionally investing in you. God himself has emotions. And I think that's important to realize. I mean, from just from a theological perspective, just from a knowing God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, that they're there to comfort you in these times. Mm-hmm. Um, two more hints helps. One is speak it out loud. It's not wrong. I don't think it's wrong to maybe tell your closest staff. It's definitely not wrong to tell your spouse. I'm sad right now. I'm going through one of the, I don't know. And, and, you know, the closer they are, they may say, well, let me help. Or what, what can I do? And you just, I don't really know. I mean, I'm just, you know, I don't know how to express this because I'm a American male, but I still don't know. Like, I think it's okay to tell people that because then they can feel less impact by your actions. Like let, let, I'm sad right now. Let me be sad right now. I'm working through it. Um, you know, it helps you kind of free that up um, and then express it. The other thing I think is very important is you got to go do something opposite. Like if you, for us, we sit around and we study and read a lot and write. Um, so go run, mow the yard, kayak. These are my favorite things. Um, go do something like that. And that'll help you with just the natural health issues with, um, I don't know, all those things that happen while you're active and um, doing those sort of, that helps, I think, with sadness as well. Yeah. What's the other, you said there's one more? No, those are two. Speak it out loud and then go do something active. Just yeah. those two. Yeah. And, and you know, exercise is really important in all of this too. I mean, goodness gracious, there's so many answers here and we're limited on time because of the constraints of the podcast. No one mm-hmm. wants to listen to us for, you know, too oh, long here. so but- sad. But physical exercise is important. Um, on the nice days, get out there, take a walk, do something, you know. Yeah. Uh, get involved in CrossFit or whatever <laughs> those things are. I'm a runner, so. <laughs> this is a Christian podcast. We're not talking about cults. Don't get involved oh, okay. in CrossFit. Okay. It's a cult. Hey, you, you, you know, I like to do, I have a, I'm part of a subscription service. It's just through the internet. You know, they, they, they have these workout videos and. Actually, once or twice a week, I'll I'll do a workout video. Like you know, do you uh, jazzercise, Sam? No, no, but it, <laughs> I may look like that. It's uh, like uh, the uh, insanity stuff. I like to do the insanity workout. My fear is because we have a lot of windows in our house that somebody's going to come by, um, and I'm going to be like in our living room, and I'm going to be doing all these moves, and they're going to wonder what on earth is wrong with their pastor as they about <laughs> knock on the doors. They look at me working out. <laughs> <laughs> Something is wrong with their pastor. That would make me very sad. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for right now. Church Answers still running that deal. They go to your website, Sam Rainer. Absolutely, we are. This is an exclusive just for our listeners. We have a great affiliate relationship uh, with Church Answers. Uh, we are offering this amazing resource, Four Steps to Revitalizing Your Church with Tom Rainer. It's got hours of videos, great resources. Uh, likely, if you're listening, you know, you're listening to the EST podcast. So, your church needs some form of revitalization. This is a wonderful t- tool to help you with that. Uh, you get an exclusive discount, $150 off this resource. It's only $247 after the discount. Go to samrainer.com, 
uh, look in the EST show notes for the link. You'll see it right on my blog, just samrainer.com. Scroll down, click on one of the EST uh, posts. You'll you'll see where you can uh, check out and get this amazing resource. Yeah, help revitalize your church, four steps to revitalizing your church with Tom Rainer. Exclusive deal. Go get it. Absolutely worth it. Make sure you do. Also, make sure that you're interacting with the show topic on Twitter. Let us know what you do when you get sad, when you are pastoring sad, and uh, we'll check you next week. Peace. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening.